With the Planet Fitness Black Card, you don't just get a great workout, you get a great perk out because your membership is packed with perks. Join for just $1 down and $24.99 a month. Sign up for the PF Black Card for $1 down and get all the perks. Deal ends November 22nd. See Home Club for details. Boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family. With more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. Let me take a second and talk with you guys about a sponsor for the podcast that I am truly honored to have on board, and that's Pelican Craft Brands. Pelican Craft Brands is here to fight for the little guy, and we're talking about all those small independent craft breweries who struggle dealing with the big distributors trying to get their products on the shelves or on the taps in restaurants and bars around Baton Rouge when the fight for tap space and shelf space is just too much. Their mission is pretty simple. They want to educate consumers and help them in the discovery of U.S. independent and family-owned breweries. Quality is at the top of their list, and their team and retail relationships offer a greater choice and selection as a result of their commitment to better beer. Right now, they've got a few local breweries here in Baton Rouge signed on, like Southern Craft Brewing Company, Rally Cap Brewing Company, Estruma Beerla Republic, Wachita Brewing Company, and there's a bunch more coming down the chain. Everybody's looking to sign up so they don't have to deal with the headache of the big distributor because they know these guys are looking to help them get out into the market and get out to you. So when you see their red truck rolling down the road, make sure you honk your horn and pick up some craft beer and challenge the status quo. As a lover of all things coffee, I was super excited to have Cafecito Coffee Roasters approach me about being a sponsor for the ABV podcast. As much coffee as I drink, it was just a no-brainer to have these guys on board with us. Chris and Stevie are two friends from across Louisiana that came together in Baton Rouge to share their common passion for specialty coffee. And their focus on responsibly sourcing, craft roasting, and meticulously brewing the best coffee they can is pretty much their mission statement for their company. They take a different approach to coffee. They believe great coffee doesn't have to be arrogant or snobbish or patronizing. It just needs to be what it is, and that's great coffee. And like all great things, they want to share it with everyone, as they should. They pay higher prices for their beans, and because of that, they're helping struggling farmers who in turn produce better quality coffees. And we all love better quality coffee, right? They roast every batch to showcase the intrinsic quality of each of their coffees, They sample every single batch of coffee before it even leaves their roastery. That's why they're so different from anyone else, and that's why they aren't your average roaster. So get out there, get some Cafecito coffee. You can find it at your local supermarkets around town, or you can order online at cafecito.com. Craft beer, cocktails, wine, and spirits. We like drinking them, and we like talking about them, too. And we do both right here on the ABV Podcast. What's up, everybody? Chuck P., the ABV Podcast. 
Coming at you from New Orleans this this time, this episode, we are at Miel Brewery. Brewery. I can't talk. I swear to God. I start talking and my mouth just goes. Bleh, bleh, bleh. You've been drinking beers, Chuck. I have been drinking beers, so that could be the reason. We're at Miel Brewery on Chapatulas in New Orleans. I've got Jay Cody with me today as my co-host. Hey, buddy. How you doing, sir? I'm on top of the world. This is like old school Me and My Big Mouth podcast days. It is. It is. I don't feel like much has changed. No, no, not much. Just We're just... Specifically we're same, we're talking about beer. We well, still are the wild and crazy guys. I don't ever change. I mean, it could change. But we're good at drinking beer. We are good at drinking beer. That's the one thing we do strive at, and we succeeded that. So yes, we're drinking beer today. We are at Miel Brewery, like I said. Alex is here with us. The you, the sole owner. You part well, you and your wife. You're, you're together in this Fiance. in this venture. Fiance. Well, just say wife. I mean, it's coming. It's coming. You can say wife. Soon to be. Ah, all right. There you all go. Right, that's moving forward. That's it. Alex, thank you for having us here today. I appreciate that. Dude, this was awesome. Uh, Jay and I had planned a, uh, a day in New Orleans to come down and hit some breweries and do some segments for his Bite and Booze radio show, and I want to do some podcast stuff. And we were trying to think of places like that we normally haven't been to. And you've Jay, you've been here once before. I have been in once to grab a beer yeah. uh, with a friend, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I came in. I liked the atmosphere. I liked the scene. I knew it was right here, kind of uh, by NOLA, between Urban South and NOLA. That's where Chuck was talking about coming to record. And I was like, well, we should, we should stop there. And two, the one time I went, I enjoyed it. Do you remember what you had? I know I had the, the AK-41. Oh, good. Uh, and then I had, I'm, I'm sure I had whatever hoppy IPA-style beer you would have had at the time. And this would have He's been thinking. <laughs> like... February of this mm, year? Could have been either. I think Monstera didn't make it till the end of June. It's probably the Ficus. It could which have been. is a very odd beer. That one was actually. Uh, we have um, yeast. It used to be called Brettois. Now mm-hmm. it's called Sactois. But it's got this diacat, like, I'm sorry, diastaticus like, element to it. I know. It's like a bunch of crazy yeah. stuff I'm throwing you're, at you you're already. You're talking beer geek <laughs> stuff now. This is good. This but, is good. Yeah, yeah. We but need this kind of so stuff. You can talk about yeast strains Okay, here. great. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know yeast strains, so yeah. I need knowledgeable people to come in here and talk about yeast strains. Oh, wonderful. It was actually called Tropical IPA. So I was like already like, all right, I'm attracted to that. Let's yeah. do that. If I'm going to make a New England IPA, I want a Tropical IPA. But it's this. Uh, it's from Omega, and it was actually a really great yeast. Um, but for like a New England beer like that, it actually made it almost like tart and a little like dry. Mm-hmm. But I found a lot of people really enjoyed that aspect of it. So yeah. I'm kind of like that's kind of the first time where I was like, all right, New England's don't have to be like hyper sweet. New England's don't have to be like hyper juicy. They could be a little different, and we can still have fun with it. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up using that same yeast strain for the Liquid Luck, which was uh, kettle sour, um, single like soul smash dry hop with Eldorado, and that thing was like. Pineapple and lemons, and limes. God, I love that beer, and it nice. it's like tapped out probably about two or three weeks ago. But man, that was a great. That was my first kettle sour ever brewed ever. Wow! And I was like, oh yeah, I like this one. <laughs> I love a good kettle sour, man. So, I love so you're just you're just brewing beers. You do your run of it, and then you take it off and you brew something else. That's the idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of so it's just kind of always a little bit different. Oh, totally. Something's gonna go off. Something else is gonna come on. Totally, yeah. absolutely. Um, we like to try to keep a range on. So depending on the season and how hot it is, like we try to keep like a light beer on, we try to keep a hazy beer on, and then like some of the other more like wild card beers, we'll like we'll do um, 
uh, like a West Coast red ale. Or we'll do uh, like I'm still talking about doing the white stout during the middle of winter just to you mess have with to, people. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at this. <laughs> I know, right? Like I've got three other dark beers on, but now I've got another light one that kind of tastes like the dark beer. But it's like, a dark beer. What's up with that? I know. Color is no. just an illusion. Yeah, exactly. Messing with everyone's heads. Totally, totally. So yeah, like a big part of our. Um, I feel like our role in this community is the uh, experimentation with styles that you're familiar with, but they're still approachable. Yeah. And because of that, because there's so much experimentation, it includes like, I'm sorry, it, um, it means that we have to kind of brew something new every time. Yeah. And if like people start getting used to certain names of beers uh, and they start building their expectations about those beers... So by brewing it completely differently, but very similar to, yep. like, for like it kind of triggers that nice like dopamine switch of like, this is something new. Yeah, yeah. And I like it. It reminds me of the old thing, but I like this. Yeah. You know? Because like, we think we're always getting better. So like, if you like that old beer, well, here's that same beer, but it's a little better, but in a different way. I like so. that. That's yeah. very cool. It helps well, us try to find the flagships that we're looking for. Well, this is my first time here, and it's a it's a cool spot. I like Thank the you. outside. It's a little bit too hot to be outside right now. I'm Thank glad we're in here, right, with the air conditioning in the tap room. That's right. And uh, we've got a flight of some beers on tap. We've uh, we've had a few beers earlier when we were doing bite and boost segments. These are the ones we haven't had yet. Before we dive into these, I gotta talk to you about the Ecto One. Okay, I'd love to hear it. That beer right now is is in the lead i've only had two so far i had the bach which is very good thank you very very delicious i like beer. the bach a lot the box great but that ecto one man <laughs> tell the people about the ecto one because like I, I saw the post and then a friend of mine saw the post and she messaged me with all the, the, the with all the sour candies yeah, coming out of that's jamo yeah. that's jamo right I there saw the post too. she's a wizard she is a wizard she knew stuff. i was coming here and she was she sent me that picture she was like if you're going to Miel, you need to drink this beer for me. I was like, oh, trust me. That's trust. on the list. It's happening. <laughs> trust. So, and, in fact, we were given a glass right when we walked in. Oh, as soon as we walked in. Yep. And it was fantastic. I'm going to get a crowler when we leave here. It's good. coming home that. with me. Good, Absolutely. good. Well, and on a future ABV podcast episode, we're going to open it and drink it and talk about it again. But I want you, Alex, to tell people oh, yeah. about the Ecto-1. Oh, 100%. So the Ecto-1 is a American cream ale as mm-hmm. the base. But it's actually the third time we've done this. But we put a bunch of candy into the boil. And had that kind of go through the whole fermentation process all the way to the very end. Now, how much candy goes into that? So, it's been changing up. It depends on the candy. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Everything depends. Um, the first time we did it with the AK-41, which uh-huh. we've, like, got pressed on. It's kind of the reason why we, like, kept up with these, like, strange candy cream ale beers. Um, that was only about 10 pounds of candy that went in there. Okay. And it was subtle enough, but it was still flavorful enough. Yeah. It, it, the, fla- the sour candy flavor came through, but not overpowered anything right, exactly. else. It was still like mostly a cream ale with a little bit of candy. Yeah. And then the second time we did it, it was uh, watermelon sour jacks, which is like these blockbuster candy nostalgic Dude. memory things. <laughs> that, that candy wasn't actually as sour as the uh, Airhead Extremes that we used. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out the beer came out a little, uh, like a touch sweeter. And... Um, and, like, a little more of, like, a subtle watermelon bite to it. Yeah. People were, like, I was shocked to find that people liked that one so much. <laughs> like, there was, like, these older guys who would be like, oh, like, uh, I just had the pills in there. Give me the candy jack. And I'm like, what? Wait, and they're like, are you going to like this? They're like, oh, give me two candy jacks. So I was Whoa. like, what is happening? It's like, do you know no what you're idea. ordering? <laughs> yeah. So this time around, I wanted to get uh, a candy that had a lot of color to it to yeah. see what would happen. But, like, it's pure experimentation. And so we used the Sour Punch... Um, 
straws. We use the blue raspberry flavor, the, the bright, bright blue ones. And, of course, the beer comes out kind of green. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, of course, yellow plus blue. I yep, should have seen green. that one coming, yeah. but whatever. Didn't think about that. That one we actually <laughs> used 30 pounds of candy. Wow. Because I wanted to get some kind of color influence. I wanted to see kind of what the upper limits of adding candy to it would be. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny. It's actually like the lightest in alcohol of all the candy cream we made. Wow. <laughs> but we added 30 pounds of candy, which is wild. But, um, yeah, it came out like this, like, green so they decided to go after the ghostbusters ectoplasm ecto one uh like with our slushy machine we added like lemonade and pineapple to it and then we have the ecto coolers nice like from the high sea days oh yeah it's all it's a pure nostalgia thing yeah for sure (laughs) dude that beer is so good man that's like appreciate it all the flavors that like looking at that picture and then drinking that beer all those flavors just like come through and absolutely like I i love it because Back when I first was, like, cutting my teeth over at some of the other, like, larger breweries I used to work for, we would just shut up add fruit to stuff. Yeah. But, like, from a quality control, um, working in the lab standpoint, it results in, like, exploding cans. Exploding. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It results in, like, a lot of, like, odd flavors that are re-fermenting into the beer. It's, like, stuff that I was like, I don't want to do that. But, like, fruit beer is not like going away and yeah. I like it like sometimes it's super refreshing so I wanted to find out a way to make fruit beers but make them super shelf stable make them like super easy to take home and like make them just be like hey I added this candy to it and you're gonna taste it yeah and yeah. that's it like and it's blue raspberry yeah which doesn't exist <laughs> but there it is <laughs> I know right so you can have no expectation other than candy that's that's why we like the cream ale too the cream ale is like been in such American history for so long, yet it's the style that most people have just completely forgotten about. And that's why, like, a lot of, like, when I mess around with styles, I mess around with styles that are styles that we have forgotten about. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to make, like, a Doppelbach, I'm probably going to add, like, maple syrup and, like, uh, chocolate to it and, like, all kind of, and barrel age it. Because, like, people aren't like, oh, what does the, do- what, what the Doppelbach taste like? What does the Dunkelweiss taste like? Yeah. People don't drink those often yeah. at yeah. all. Yeah. So I Nobody's play no, with those. Nobody's searching those beers out. Not, no. not in the last couple of decades. I mean, I think, yeah. to, to their credit a little bit, I think Abita did a decent job with that kind of stuff back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, sure, sure. With, like, the true German-style beers. Right. And, like, I, rem- I remember a point in time in my college days at LSU that Andigator was the number one oh, yeah. beer that I drank. Oh, big time. And it's like, this is a super high ABV Doppelbach, right? Yep. What does that even mean? No, wait, wait. Yeah, it's a Hell's mean. Doppelbach uh, a Hell's because Doppelbach. it's bright and it's oh, yellow. <laughs> True. There you go. True. And, but like, so that's because I used to make it. I used to make it with yeah. them. <laughs> he knows. That's, that's my early they got a silver my metal. beer education is going around the world of the chimes and learning all of yes. these like true worldly, mostly German styles of beer and then trying to translate that absolutely and so now you don't see that nearly as much no and i think uh, a big part of it is the way my attitude is about beer is that beer is bread like when you go to a brewery you go to a a bakery yeah um there's no difference and like 
that's why like beers like the like the mainstream pilsners and all that they're perfect because that's basically white bread that's wonder yeah. bread that's yeah. the stuff that sits on the shelf that's bunny bread just yep. hanging out there sits in the heat <laughs> sits in the cold does whatever it wants you can freeze it it tastes great you can't do that with like high quality donuts high quality like scones yeah. high quality croissant you can't do that but when you go to those like local neighborhood bakeries it's like and you get like the best like you know chocolate croissant of your life you know, it doesn't make you be like, I need to have 30 of these. But you're like, man, what a great experience. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to aim for here. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, because like. With that freshness. It's fresh. Hyper fresh. Those German styles are built to be fresh because they're like, they get sold right out the door the moment they're done making them. There's like always this old joke about like, uh, like people who age beer, like in breweries. They're like, the beer is at its best point when it leaves the brewery yeah. by design. Yeah. It's like, drink it right there. Now, of course, it's like, you know. Like corporations have just like you know figured out people like to age that stuff, so they'll send it out early because they know people will age it. X Y Z. Like it's all kind of like changed with social media. But back in the old days, it was on the day of the release of a beer. That's drink when you it. drink it. You drink yeah. it right there. You That's go it. for it. It's ready. It's done. Well, I think a lot of people don't don't realize like when you can a beer or you keg a beer, it goes into a cooler. It sits on a pallet. A, a eighteen wheeler comes to pick it up. It goes into a not a not a climate control cooler. It's a regular hot cooler. So the beer starts cooling down, starts getting warmer, Absolutely. and it goes to the distributor, Absolutely. which may or may not have a climate controlled. I mean, probably yeah. has a climate control warehouse. Climate but control, but not necessarily at thirty four exactly. degrees. When, when so we the package the beer, it's at thirty two. Yeah, like the moment fermentation is done, the beer stays at thirty two forever. Yeah, it's like what Coors said. Like everything is cold after yeah. <laughs> fermentation. Yeah. We do it too. When you go cold filtered, when you go out distributing, that temperature is going up and Absolutely. down and up and down. And up, you know, so it's, it's like putting your beer in a microwave. Yeah, and no one ever wants to do that. You don't want to do that. God, yeah. that that's sounds not, horrible. It's like that's putting what people are doing these It's days. like putting a really nice scone is in that, a microwave. Is that not the new trend? <laughs> the hazy IPA microwave beer. I'll yeah. microwave a blueberry muffin every now and then. Well, oh. sometimes you got them. Sometimes you gotta, like I said, sometimes you gotta age a good stout. Whole Rasputin doesn't change too much. It's man. just still so good. That's that was the first stout I ever had, and I uh, fell in love with stouts with that beer. That that I love that beer too. It's I, so good. That was when I first started working in craft beer, like craft beer bars. It was like at night, I drink an old Rasputin in my bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we a little nightcap here. I'm also like 23, so you know, like you're living that like sad, sad life. Yeah. But, <laughs> All right, so we got a flight here. Yeah. Jay's been sipping on them. I haven't had a chance. I have. I'm gonna grab this one right here. What do yes. we have? What is so this? that looks like it's the that's Florida Hamica. I believe that's nope. the one with the hibiscus in it. Yes, it is. And it's this potent. This beer. That's a potent potable. Yeah. On Celebrity oh. Jeopardy. Yeah, I'll take that for a thousand, Alex. Yes. This beer is a big uh, homage to Janice and her heritage and her culture and what she yeah. brings to this business, too. Whoa. Chuck, I think I had the same facial expression <laughs> when I tasted it. Right. Which was like delight, but also a head twist and a, yeah. a cheek pucker. Absolutely. And uh, what am I tasting there? Exactly. But, dude, I... But, that's really good. Yeah. And then I had to try this one and then go back to that one. And I, <laughs> I had to go back and forth and be like, which one do I actually like better? I don't know. They're both yep. good. That's hopefully but they're the, very different. That's hopefully the problem everyone has here. That is good, man. That is <laughs> so really good. The Florida Jamaica, which is uh, actually the Spanish term for hibiscus. It's the flower of Jamaica. And uh, a big part of it is in... So since this brewery is me and my fiance Jamo. Uh, like, let's take it all the way back. Let's take it all the way yeah, back to why, back. why it's called Miel. Yeah, that's, let's do this. Get yeah, the history absolutely, of the brewery. Absolutely. That's why I'm here, damn it, to do this thing. I know, right? right? I know. <laughs> the, the real story. That's right, the real. Yeah. Unplugged? Yeah. No, we're plugged in. The um, remix. 
So it is uh, miel comes from the French and the Spanish word for honey. The Latin based languages are great. The Latin based word for it is mel. So if you yeah. have any friend named Melissa, it means full of honey in Latin. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. Full of honey. So there you go. If anyone's got a wife or a girlfriend named Melissa, all there full you of go. Honey and That's all. free. That's free. Who knew? It's summertime in Louisiana, folks, and we all know what that means. Unbearable heat, unbearable humidity, and of course, hurricanes. That's right. Hurricane season is officially here. We're in the midst of it. So there's no better time than now to review your homeowner's insurance so you can understand the deductibles that you're responsible for. Because you definitely don't want to get caught with not knowing what they are if a major storm does come through and cause some havoc. Our friends over at Athlon Insurance, they've got competitive rates, man, through like 17 different carriers. They can make sure to find you great coverage with a highly rated company and more importantly, lower deductibles. Stop paying too much for your homeowner's insurance from a company that's probably got you the same exact coverage as everyone else. Call my buddy Dwayne Moran at Athlon Insurance. Get a free quote. doesn't cost you anything. The number is 225-366-7530. That's Athlon Insurance, and tell them you heard it right here on the ABV Podcast. So, so sweet. So my dad, actually, he's a veterinarian. He retired, and um, even... In his veterinary clinic, he had, like, an observation beehive. He always had, like, a love for bees, like, save the bees. Always was about that. Okay. And so when he retired, he ended up, like, just straight up opening up, like, a little mini apiary out on, like, a 90-acre farm. Just, like, doing that. Just flexing on them, you know? Still love the bees, man. (laughs) Dude, you got to keep them bees around. I love it. And, like, we were living in Boston when I was working for Harpoon, and she was working for an advertising agency. Um they were, like, just mailing us, like, five, ten-pound bags of honey. <laughs> and we were like, what are we going to do with this honey? Yeah. And, like, I worked at Harpoon, so I was like, I got all this yeast, got all this work. Let's just start doing honey beers. Yeah, mead, yeah, totally. Well, I, I did two batches of mead. <laughs> I can't do them here legally. Really? We'll get to that later. We'll okay. get to that all later. Right. We'll, we'll cover right. that. Yep. I'm, I'm, now I'm, I'm curious. Try yep. this one. Try yep. it. Then this is the Rubik's Cube, right? That's the Rubik's Cube, yeah. Okay. Um, so the... The Sweeter na- on the nose. It is. It's actually, yeah, so for those listening, the Rubik's Cube is actually raspberry puree, Meyer lemon, and vanilla. But it's also in a sour, like kettle sour base. That's so really good. It's got a lot. I'm so confused right now. It's very complicated. <laughs> it's like that, that one is very... This one I find it's so much is, more approachable. This one's a little. This one I find is sweeter than that one. Absolutely sweeter, yeah. The, it's the, that vanilla, the, like smoothing it out. Yeah, that the other one's more a little tart. Well, yeah, by design, absolutely. Yeah, and it's great. That, that's technically the Florida Jamaica is a goza with pink Himalayan sea salt, hibiscus uh, dried hibiscus flour, and cinnamon bark. And a big thing about it is in the uh, Hispanic culture, which of course meal French, Spanish, and this is part of Janice's culture. Um, it's like adding cinnamon to dessert is like very normal. Yeah, yeah. like absolutely, like like um, horchata and God, like even like the samitas you'd eat in the morning, they're like cinnamon. Like yeah. to them, sugar and cinnamon are basically like churros. What are they? Yeah, yeah. Sugar, cinnamon, sabiyas. Exactly. And so for us, it was kind of like setting out to make like a dessert kettle sour, 
So like the salt's there to kind of accentuate like the extra bit, like almost berry flavor. Yeah, yeah. Biscuits. It's very bizarre. Man, that's good. What happens Dude. there? But that cinnamon bark. Work. I'm just gonna buy crowlers of everything. It seems like <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Where to, where to go home? We love it. We love it. A, a six pack yeah. of crowlers. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I mean, so, Jesus. Yeah. So this beer is definitely an homage to how Janice like grew up and Honduras, yeah. her home country, and all that. And I love that beer. Like we're the flavor good. profiles we're bringing on that both back. of them are just. Yeah, I mean, they just shine. They just, Absolutely. they just, they're so bright. Absolutely. The the okay, Rubik's cube was more of a play on like icebox pie. Yeah, just oh, seeing okay. what I could do there. Wow. And that was yeah, a lot of fun sweet. to make. The vanilla comes yeah. through. Absolutely. The vanilla the comes through big time on it. Comes through. Yeah, I love that one a lot. Um, you were talking about yeast strains a little bit. Sure. Um, so uh, yeast, obviously, just a huge part of brewing. I mean, absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's grains, usually a barley, and then so yeah. So water, actually, hops, yeast, right? Like if, those are the four ingredients if, that you have to have. Totally. If I were to break it down, water is ninety percent of the beer, and that's ninety percent most important. Really, your water, your water, your water chemistry, everything about that. So you're in New Orleans. You have New Orleans Municipal. Okay, let's roll, dudes. And I'm going 10, 30, 65 in a 45 zone. Yo, why's my gas tank on E? Oh, and hello, officer. Wait, what? I'm losing my license. I'll lose my job. And here come the court costs. Oh, man, that's the thing about pedal to the metal, dude. You speed, you lose. Slow down. Driving is no game. A message from Virginia DMV. Water. You treat it? We do, and we absolutely treat it. Yeah. <laughs> we have it go through about three or four different filters, including um, RO, or reverse osmosis filtration. And it brings it, it basically strips the water out to the point where you almost can't drink it. Because if you drink it, it would actually pull the ions and salts out of your cells and dehydrate you. Wow. It's that intense. And so, obviously, that's not for people. We don't yeah, serve yeah. that to people. But we have, like, this nice, like, we have two large tanks of that water back there. And every single style we brew, we add the appropriate salt and chemistry to match literally the aquifer of where that, like, beer has originated from. Wow. So if I'm going to do a German Hefeweizen, I'm, look, I'm looking at the Bavarian aquifer. Yeah. I'm looking at Bavaria's water chemistry records that they have online and everything like that. And then you use, like... Sodium chloride, I'm sorry, calcium chloride, calcium sulfate, like food-grade Epsom salt, uh, food-grade pickling lime, uh, lactic acid. You do all that to rebuild the ions that are needed for brewing with that water. And that's why, that's like... chemistry. Oh, yeah. big time. Uh, Straight-up chemistry. My, uh, <laughs> when I went to... My undergrad was over at Southeastern Louisiana University, and Hammond. it was pre-med. Go Lions. Go Lions. Hey, baby, go Lions. <laughs> yep, I'm from Hammond. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm from Hammond. Janice is actually from Kenner and then went to high school out in Slidell. But, like, her entire family is all, like, from Honduras. That's My ex-wife amazing. is from Hammond, if that means anything. No, that doesn't. Yeah. Not really. That doesn't do us any good, <laughs> yeah. no, no, But, no. like, yeah, but also this kind of ties into, like, the French heritage of this place with Miel. My family came here from France in, like, 1720. Nice. Like, like my like my family came here predated America, which is like crazy Whoa, to me. Dude. Yeah, so like we haven't really left. Yeah, we came well, here, we liked it, we stayed. Right, we don't speak a lick of French though. I like, yeah. never have, never will. 
I'm like, I'm, I'm learning Spanish right now. Yo hablo un pequeño español porque es necesario. Un poco. No francés. No francés. Lost me right there. No, no, zero Spanish. My last name is Dakota. It's very Cajun French. I speak no French. I speak a little bit of Spanish. Yeah, that's what it takes. So um, we're going back to the uh, water chemistry and all that. Yeah, Yeah. so I was undergrad. My undergrad was pre-med. And then I was like, man, I kind of don't want to be a doctor. Like I'm like halfway through it. Like I failed organic chemistry probably twice. But that probably makes me the best organic chemistry student because I took it three times there and I go. probably understood it better than anyone else. I got in that it down. Class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, because of that, and um, I changed it to micro. And at that point, I started home brewing and I was working for the Barley Oak out in Mandeville. Oh, cool. Yeah. Shout Another out to place I haven't been to oh, yet. Oh, man. You've never been to the Barley Oak? No, man. Ah, oh, Chuck, we'll line up a podcast. Dude, over you there. got to. Go see Nick Powers. Yeah. Go see, go see Horny out there. We can, the we can line that up with Nick. All right, let's make, we'll that, make that work. I love those guys. You gotta take off and come up there with us. Dude, and come I, hang I would love to go to Old Rail and give him a, ba- a hard time. Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. make it happen. Let's I'd make love it happen. To do that. Let's do that. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll bring Janice along too. She yeah, for sure. But yeah, um, good idea. So actually, like that was my first like craft beer job. Okay. And that was like where I really started like learning and doing the whole Cicerone thing. This is probably like 2011. You know. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I got the connection to go work over at Abita. Like, showed up as, like, a geek off the street. Like, nice. didn't know anything about anything. Like, I showed up in shorts. <laughs> Let's and, do this. <laughs> yep. And I remember, like, Mark Walters that day. Like, like uh, it might have been an overnight. Sh- it was an overnight shift. Because, like, literally my very first job at Abita was Strawberry Bitch. I was the guy who was pasteurizing the strawberries to go into dude. the Abita Strawberry Beer back in 2011, 2012. That yep. was my beer back in the day, oh, man. Dude, it was mine, too. It's the reason why I started 2011, looking. 2012 time frame. Oh, this was. beautiful. Yeah. But it was a lot of work. They had to hire a kid who didn't know what he was doing. Who <laughs> showed up in shorts. They sent me home to go change the pants and come back out. Wow. Oh, that was wild. Yeah, no, those are good good, good memories, good days. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was at Abita for a little while, for about a year. And then I got a job over at, uh, that was the Alaska. Yeah. yeah. That's when I worked for Fortnite State, which is a small brew Dude. pub. Five hours north of, of Anchorage. Anchorage. Yeah, absolutely. And two hours uh, west of Fairbanks. So if I wanted to get a haircut, I had to drive two hours. If I wanted to go see a movie, it's two hours. Whoa. But if I wanted to go to a grocery store. Two hours? Two hours. <laughs> How was there a brewery there? Yeah. Because it was like this little section of town that was like right outside of the park, Denali Park. And like that was the place where you could see the mountain. Yeah. Like, you know, like I saw the mountain like every, like, you know, all the time. And I didn't even realize it was that special until people told me later. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, you can, only see the, you can only see the mountain like two weeks out of the year. I was like, what? What? <laughs> I've been here both weeks. I yeah. know, right, right. But, yeah, like up there, Fortnite State Brewery, uh, it was actually, I was working under a guy named Jay Bullen. And he's now, I think, doing a brewery Sylvaticus out in western Massachusetts. Okay. And that dude probably brewed the best beer I've ever had. Like, that guy wow. is so good. Like, I learned a lot from him. But, you know, being 22, being 23, and being a little bit of, like, a knucklehead up in the oh, middle yeah. of nowhere, you kind of go a little stir crazy. So I ended up leaving there um, right when, like, the summer was wrapping up. And then when I came back, um, I was able to go to Siebel Institute of Tech, like, Siebel Institute Technology uh, out in Chicago. It was, like, one of the only brewer's schools in America. It had started in, like, 18, like, 12 or something crazy. And, like, during Prohibition, they were teaching people how to make bread. 
That's like why the school gets to stay open. Wow. So like uh, that place usually is like the school for like Hazard Bush and Coors Light. Like yeah. that's where they send all their people through. And even my class was probably like thirty percent, forty percent like A B from all over the country. Yeah. There was a guy that brewed for um, I think Asahi there. It was a really nice like Japanese guy. It was like wow. it was wild. <laughs> so we were in Chicago for about six weeks. I did that. And then I made it like made a bunch of friends from there and because of that we ended up getting um, the opportunity to move to Boston to go work for Harpoon. And nice. for two years, I worked for Harpoon. I started as a seller, and then I worked in their lab doing quality control for, um, like, bottle canning, kegging. It was amazing. I learned a lot there. Yeah. But it was like I got to actually start using my micro degree <laughs> only, like, six years later, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, no, there's some fantastic people uh, up in Boston. Those were great beers. I loved working with those guys. Um, and that was, like, right when... Like that New England thing was hitting real hard. Like, yeah. Treehouse was in their, in their first facility. Trillium, Trillium yeah. was a 10 barrel brew house. Wow. That was a walk from Harpoon. Like, I remember I walked back there. I didn't even know what Trillium was at the time. Yeah. It's so wild, like, thinking back on it and being like, I was kind of drunk. And I was like, uh, hey, what you got in this tank? Like, yeah. can I try it? They're like, sure. <laughs> I was like, being silly. I'm drinking the Alchemist and not even realize. Oh, like, you know, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, drinking some Hetty Topper and not even yeah. realize. Yeah, I was at Siebel. Someone brought that. They were like, drink from a can. Why? What's wrong with it? Like, yeah, everyone's well, like, all, like, sketched yeah, out about it. It wasn't in his can. It was cracking me up. <laughs> it was cracking me up. But, um, uh, so, yeah. So, Janice and I moved to Boston for that. But then, after two years, when the laws changed, um, where that allowed Louisiana breweries to be able to sell to the public via tap room, that, yeah. like, um, you know, Jacob at Urban South was pushing really hard for it. Like, our guild really worked hard for it, and I'm happy they did because that's the whole reason why we even, why we even opened Miel. Yeah. Um, so, like, with Janice's background and, like, advertising and new media animation and, like, just being overall, like, a creative, like, force. Uh, and then me kind of, like, being in the brew world long enough where, like, I knew how to fix a broken pump and I knew how to pasteurize a bunch of strawberries. <laughs> But it also kind of is like my opportunity to like, I'm not making the same beer over and over and over. I'm not making thousands upon thousands of gallons of it every day on a 24-hour schedule of just like doing the thing. Yeah. Like there was a point where it's like you didn't, it almost felt like you weren't even making beer anymore. Like it could have been anything. You were just like in this routine of just like cranking out volume. And to me, I was like, you know, that's not really my thing. Like, I want to, like, play with the beers. I want to, like, play with people's perception of beers. I want to, like, bring old styles back for, like, almost like, educationally fun yeah. to me. And that's a big part of why I focus on, like, the water chemistry. Because, like, if you're not drinking a beer that's like, oh, this beer came out in, like, 1000, like, you know, the year 1000. Yeah. Like, if I'm not going to try to brew a beer that's like that, that's, like, not fun. Because, like, what could it have been like? really neat that's awesome yeah so like a very approach to it yeah so yeah so we moved back down here we found the building took two years uh it's all our family helped us out like our support network here um it's all family run family owned it's 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 amazing we have a great staff and like we've been over for eight months and it's been a fantastic ride um we're really really pleased with what's going on well dude as everyone who's listening can hear from like it's kind of quieted down now but like it's been a nice Oh, it's been busy. Busy crowd since we started. I mean, even before we were recording, you know, Bite and Boo segments, like you had a steady stream of people in here, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's awesome. No, we're it's really a, happy. It's a cool spot. Thank you. I want to dive into these other two beers. Absolutely. We've got in the, uh, so that one is definitely the Molly Moo. Okay. So the Molly Moo is a New England IPA that we actually brewed for um, 
Uh, I guess oh, yeah, you call man. it like a charity. Um, but it's a foundation about, uh, I believe it's the Coolin uh, DeVries syndrome, which is like a like a form of like mental handicapness. Yeah. Uh, but it's I, I I couldn't give you the full numbers on it. I encourage people to go look it up. Um, but we call it the Molly Moo after that's like the nickname for the young lady that we actually yeah uh, brewed for like that her foundation. Okay. And so their family came in and like we got to we were able to brew a beer with them and like her dad was very interested in doing an IPA so I was like fine let's do it. Dude, but that's I, good. Man. I wanted to make it a little different so we actually used kind of more of a West Coast traditional hops like Caliente which is a hop that a lot of people don't know anything about. I still don't know anything about it. <laughs> I bought one 11 pound bag of it and I was like, let's test it out. And I was really pleased with it. It's got a very big, like, almost like spice orange tangerine thing. We're getting the tangerine for sure. Big time. And then we have Centennial and Amarillo in there. And that's where, like, that grapefruit, yeah. mild pine, yeah. a little bit more of that bitterness to it. You get that tangerine, Jay? You get that? I, I'm, I'm getting it. Yeah. No, I, I get that kind of citrus. I get. I get like the West Coast qualities there, yeah, for sure. Right, which I kind of miss these days. I know, dude. We, like, me and Jay have talked about that. Yeah, we we have, and we don't have to go into it too far. But it's just like everything now is this New England hazy, juicy, and it's like like mimosa I, style. I, I know. I, I miss a West Coast like piney. I yeah. dank. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. actually we actually did when we teamed up with the. Um, it's almost like uh, an Air Force alumni group. And two of them were home brewers, and this they came in, and we brewed a beer together. It was called the Phoenix, nice. and we donated every dollar per pint to their organization. So it's kind of like a you know charitable thing. Um, but they were doing like they want they want to make a, a like almost like a West Coast Smitty's, like a Smitwick's. <laughs> and so we did. <laughs> yes. Nice. It, it, which, is, which is just an Irish like I, amber ale, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely what it is. And so I used, it's funny, it was like very West Coast pine, very West Coast grapefruit, like a like nice balanced bitterness. Like a lot of people came in, they're like, I'm from Washington State and I miss this beer. And yeah. I was like, hey man, like, well, we're going to brew more of it. It's just not going to be all the time because yeah. that's what we do. Well, and here's the thing. I really like the New England IPA. Yeah, yeah. I really like the hazy, juicy, citrusy, fruity, sunny D of beers. I like it. I'm not, I don't want it to go away. No. When I won't. go to a bar, when I go out and I'm looking at tap lists, I gravitate to those kind of beers. But also, like, I'm a promiscuous drinker and yeah. that I want, I, if I'm going to drink four or five pints in a night, I want them all to be different. Exactly. Yeah. And I want them to have different flavor profiles. And I exactly. don't want to necessarily drink the same beer five times just from five different breweries. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to I want something different. Right. But like, I like hoppy beers and I like yeah. IPAs. Like, so look, like, there's a Stone IPA. I'll grab that yeah. and you know, drink a Stone. Yeah. I love that beer. I miss that beer. Yeah. That, that's a solid IPA, man. Solid. That's a good IPA. 100%. Solid. Uh, it is kind of like one of our things like since brown ales, red ales and like West Coast pales all kind of sell about the same. It's yeah. kind of like our like little inside like rule of thumb is like have one of those on. Yeah. Cuz like right now the box is kind of doing our brown ale thing. Yeah, that's so uh, good though, man. Thank you, so I appreciate good. it. That's, a very good box. Yeah, that, that's kind of one of the things why we didn't start with straight flagships is because yeah. we wanted to kind of have the name Miel associated with, um, like, oh, I trust those guys. Like, yeah, I I just brewed a cream ale with a bunch of Sour Patch Kids or whatever in it. <laughs> yeah, like I want you to be Come like, drink it. but I've had yeah. three of those types of beers and I like them, so I'm going to try it at yeah. least, and yeah. I might love it. But that's kind of like why it kind of ties in with us so well. 
because yeah. we want to play around a lot. But I also want you to trust me that I'm never going to go too crazy with it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm going for this other one here. This yes, is... that's the Calathea. Okay. That's actually part of our tropical uh, IPA series. Uh, we're finding a lot more, like you said, promiscuity. Uh, a lot of people, if they're going to drink in New England, they want it all kind of be different. They want it to be something they never had before. Untapped is a very big promoter of try the new thing, yeah, go yeah. for it. And so for us, it's we have a series of hazy IPAs instead of having one that we're going to try to like, you know, make sure it's dialed in every single time. This time we get to play with hops we've never had before. Like everyone tastes a Citra, everyone knows that. Everyone tastes a Galaxy, yeah. Ella. Like we get it. I love those hops. We use them when we can. But it's a lot more fun to be like, this has got Denali, Azaka, and the Pink Boots blend. Like, I never see that blend together. I always wanted to test it out. It's always just like, scoop up whatever I can, and let's go for it. Let's smell the hops. Do you want to add it in? Yes, no? Let's go for it. So I like that one a lot. It actually has a lot more of a, um, I get a lot more passion fruit. I get a lot of like slight pineapple, I get. I, got, I was going to say pineapple was coming through on that. Yep. Dude. And melon, I get that. But it's also not too sweet. It's like a elevated hazy pale ale. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, this might be the first time I've come to a brewery and liked everything on tap. <laughs> like literally. Well, like, there's only six, Chuck. But they're all freaking good. Is the it's like out of you know, sometimes you go like six there's six or eight like on a small brewery sure. or something. There's maybe one or two that are like, Yeah, they're okay. I'm not gonna go back to those. Sure, sure, sure. Dude, I would drink each one of these all the time. I appreciate that. Like, Thank these you very are much. All solid beers. Thank man. you. We try. We really try. Well, you, you're I, succeeding, man. I mean, Thank I've you. got to figure out if I can afford six <laughs> crowlers of beer now. Because yeah. I'm going to want six crowlers of beer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it's, it's all the people I worked for in the right past. Right off the podcast. Yeah, there you we go. don't have a podcast budget. It's basically me. So <laughs> you're, you're about to we'll make it work. We're, we're getting <laughs> sponsors. Sponsorships are coming. Announcements are coming soon. We finally got some paid sponsorships coming to the Ooh. podcast. So there you I'm go. excited about that. There's That'll about be, to be a budget. There's about Let's to be a budget. Do that copy, baby. <laughs> it's coming. Hopefully, that leads to more sponsorships. So we'll absolutely, see. That's absolutely. the goal. I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. No, but, thank you very yeah, much. Dude, these, beer, these beers are really good, man. Thank you. That's a great compliment. I like really, if there was something on here that I was kind of iffy about, I'd say I'd say it. Sure. But like these are, we appreciate everything. So like even the Bach, which is not a style I gravitate to at all. No, dude, that's a really good Bach. That's Thank a really you. good Bach, man. <laughs> like I'd come here and be like, you know what? Give me the Bach. Thank you. That's and I like that the name is the Bach. The Bach. <laughs> yeah. Like with a classic style, there is a set it, rule. Yeah, and and it really, I mean, in all the right ways that you hear about, like in the food world, and just like a nostalgic dish that transports yeah. you back to childhood, right? Absolutely. Like, that, the Bach, yeah. brought me back to 2001 when I was drinking a Beta Amber and Shiner Bach all day. Oh, amazing. Yeah, and dude. it's like, no, that's, like, that's, but that's it, amazing. right? Like, that's, that's what you want is just, like, that classic. That's the idea. No frills. Yep. Like, that's, that's a Bach. Absolutely. If you're going to order a Bach, that's it. It's yeah. the Bach. Absolutely. And uh, you nailed it as far as that goes. That, was a, that was a good beer. Yeah, to Thank make, you. to make. To make you go back and think about your days in college and the beers you were drinking, like, I mean, that's, that's like the biggest compliment you could ask for. It's like that beer brought me back to a day when, like. Yeah, but, but I feel like there are so many beers since then that just, like, haven't. No, yeah, I agree, 100%. There, right? right. Like, that's not the easiest style of beer to brew. No, right. It's not. It, 
No, it, there aren't people just cranking those out right now. No. There are some throwback brands like that that have been totally. around for 30 or 40 years now that are making reasonably high quality and definitely consistent versions of that style of beer. But, like, not every craft brewery is putting something like that out. No. no. That's not a style no. that everybody's just like, oh, I'm going to do that. When when we opened, we opened with a gold nail, a Belgian double, Whoa. and a Hefeweizen. <laughs> like, no IPAs or pale ales on site. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't brew an IPA for three months. And it was mostly because I was worried that I'm dialing in the system. Yeah. I didn't want to brew a bad like New England, and then all of a sudden I'm the guy that can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's going to get on, on the church and, like, bash you and all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. Like, like, I didn't want to run that risk. I knew I wanted to, like, I wanted the name Miel to mean something. Yeah. And even if it means, like, you got to wait for an IPA, but when it comes out, you're going to like it. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I was okay with that. Well, that that means a lot, sticking yeah. with your quality guns, you know. That's, just, that's all we have. That's, uh, that's the biggest thing that, I like, I am hyper-focused on. Yeah. And, uh, like... Like brewing a good Bach is brewing with good water, because that's what lager yeast is. Yeah. Lager yeast is how good is your water. There's only two strains of lager yeast. This stuff came about 500 years ago. On the big scale of time, this is like the newest thing that human beings have ever influenced to evolve. <laughs> and that's why we only have two strains of it. <laughs> wow. That's why a lot of lagers all kind of taste very, very similar. Yeah. And the biggest difference you can do is I'm gonna tweak my water, and all of a sudden these lagers taste different. It's wild. It's yeah. wild. It's like literally the antithesis of ale, yeah. where ale is like, hey, I use this one strain of ale. There's thousands upon thousands of ale strains. I've used this one strain of ale. It tastes like peaches. I use another strain of ale with the exact same beer. Huh. It tastes like, you know, uh, stone fruit. Yeah. And like, uh, I'm sorry, I just said peaches earlier, but it's also <laughs> a stone fruit kind of. Uh, but, it's <laughs> but it's basically like, oh, this tastes like apples or yeah. this tastes like... Um, like all the weird Belgian vinyl quality to it, or like the raisins and all that. It all comes from the yeast. Or like Bavarian Hefeweizen is an ale, but it tastes like banana and clove. Yeah. Like what the hell the is yeast. that? How did this happen? <laughs> I don't know. It's bizarre. Bananas don't even taste like that kind of yeah, banana. It's, like, it's a banana, but it doesn't just taste like a banana. Like, no. How, like, what's going on? Bananas that taste like that exactly. banana. Exactly. Exactly. We yeah. actually... Except for Wales banana bread beer. That tastes exactly like banana bread. No, that tastes like banana bread. I don't know yeah. how they do that, but Jesus Christ. I haven't solved that one either. I'm yeah. going to let them have it. <laughs> you got this one? All right, cool. Yep. I'm going to move on to that, something else. That also, mentioning that, like having other breweries do all the hard work it's great because like i didn't have a new england ipa for three months but i'm literally surrounded by three others that made great new england ipas yeah like the people that would swing by to nola would swing by here so i felt like the best thing we could do is offer them a change of pace yeah and i feel like that's kind of what like what makes us different is our focus on the tap room and our focus on doing what everybody else isn't that's big you're killing it, man. It is. I mean, thank you. I appreciate it. Fantastic. I really appreciate that. Alex, thank you so much for having us of here, course. man. Thank you. This is a blast. I look forward to uh, visiting and doing more podcasts with you. Yeah, I love it. We're going to do a Barley Oak episode, apparently. Oh, please. Yeah, we got to make that happen. I'm bringing JMO. Yeah. She's way more eloquent than I am. <laughs> yeah, dude. <Let's laughs> I got more mics, man. We can make this happen. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Jaden Cody, thank you, sir, for co hosting with us. My pleasure, Chuck B. I appreciate this. Guys, make sure you are following the ABV podcast on social media on Facebook and on Instagram. Make sure you follow Miel Brewery on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, make sure you follow them on Untapped so that way you know what they're, what they're getting on, on tap here so you can come here and try the beers. 
Make sure you're subscribing to iTunes. If you're if you're subscribing to iTunes, leave us a little review. Rate the podcast. That helps the podcast move up in the ranks of all the other beer and food podcasts, and that puts us into more ears. So that's great. Don't forget, you can also find us on SoundCloud, on Spotify, Android users. We're on Google Play. Just go to the Google Play Store. You can get us on there. Make sure you're following Jada Cody as well on all the social media outlets as well, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Bite and Booze, make sure you're following them as well. Government Taco, they're on all the social media as well. The Bite and Booze radio show, they pot, we podcast it. You can find that on SoundClouds and on iTunes. You could uh, subscribe to that as well, so follow all those. And don't forget, we've got swag, guys. Tpublic.com slash users slash Upsets Apparel. Go there. We've got four different types of uh, ABV podcast shirts to choose from. Tpublic's always doing sales, so if you sign up with your email, they send you codes for you can get 30% off on or free shipping and stuff like that. They do $14 shirt sales. So make sure you're doing all that as well. Make sure when you're coming to New Orleans and you're visiting all the great local breweries here in New Orleans, you're stopping by Miel and trying what they're having because they're doing some really great stuff here. So until next time, guys, I am Chuck P. for the ABV Podcast. Cheers. Constant Contact's marketing tools and technology make it easier than ever to drive big results for your small business. From list growth and email to SMS and social media, it's all powered by advanced automation and AI capabilities that help you grow your business more effectively. Plus, we've got the reporting you need to see what's working and what's not, so you can adjust along the way. Constant Contact is the digital marketing solution you need to keep up, excel, and grow. Try it for free today at ConstantContact.com.